After competing on the international rowing circuit for a number of years and racing at the Rio Olympics, we realized that each athlete has an epic story and a journey behind every performance, and there's so much more to the Olympics than just that final race. We know the passion we have for sport is shared by thousands of others around the world, and we want to bring these stories to you. On the Row Show, we have a look behind the scenes to understand the journey each athlete has taken to get there. We get into the years of work and dedication, the glory and the hardships an athlete has to endure to have a chance of standing on the greatest sporting stage in the world and a chance for glory. Welcome to The Row Show. We are your hosts, Lawrence Britton and Jay Green. This is a podcast where we're going to be going into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a bit about rowing. South Africa. It brings people together, it breaks down barriers. My passion winning to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. There's a crucial role in South Africa. Passion. passion. Great. Passion. Fiction. Gold. Ultimate gold. Glory. Relentless training. Pain. Pain. <laughs> Hello boys and girls, ladies and gents. Shot for tuning in. Just some quick housekeeping before we get going. The Games website is the home to all Olympic sports offering news, updates, and everything you need to know about your favorite South African athletes and sporting codes. It is their mission to provide broad coverage for all codes, including rowing, and establish a platform that truly belongs to the various sporting communities across the country. We're doing some awesome work with them, so go check them out. That is thegames.co.za. As well as just rowing, they are Instagram's most successful rowing page and bring such epic content to the rowing community. Keep a lookout for some epic stuff coming from them in the future. And that is Just Rowing on Instagram. If you want any info on the show or anything uh, that we talk about, any other races that we mentioned, just have a look at the, the show notes below. Uh, it's all there. We really love doing the show and having these epic conversations with incredible athletes. But to keep it feasible for us, we, we need you guys to help us out uh, by sharing the podcast and telling your friends about us and really helping us grow. Also, by rating the show and leaving a review, it really helps us make the show better for you and keeps us going. And on that note, a shout out to the Dodler 2018 for giving us a five-star review and leaving a comment, you are a legend. To everyone else out there, be more like the Dodler. Today we have our first Kiwi on the show, Zoe McBride. Inspired by watching the 2000 Olympic Games, Zoe got a first taste of success at the, the 2012 World Rowing Junior Championships where she won bronze. Since then, she has had quite an amazing career for such a young athlete. In 2014, at still just 18 years old, Zoe McBride became an under-23 world champion. And then in 2015, she had a breakthrough year where she became the holder of the world's best time in the lightweight women's single with a time of 7.24. In that year, she also became the world champion in both the under-23 lightweight women's double and the senior lightweight women's single. In 2017, Zoe moved into the elite women's double and finished second at world champs. With all this behind her, Zoe McBride is already a big name in lightweight women's rowing, and we are so excited to see how she does this year. In our conversation with her, we cover a range of topics from her race tactics to the competitive nature of the New Zealand team's training and so much more in between. And as always, we get some great answers from her for our quick-fire questions. Please enjoy this epic chat with lightweight legend, Zoe McBride. Yeah, hi, I'm Zoe. I'm from New Zealand, and I'm the bow of the New Zealand lightweight women's double. 
Awesome. So welcome to the show, and we're going to start off. Thank uh, you. Yeah, we're going to start off uh, straight with the the good stuff. So, what does performance mean to you? What does performance mean to me? I guess to be honest, it's probably changed a bit over the past few years. Um, I guess when I was younger, performance was probably pretty black and white for me. It was either you know you win and you do well so that's a good performance or you lose and you don't do well but I think over the past few years definitely my idea of that has changed and I think performance is not only just the the end result but it's also the training and the time and the commitment and just you know having a great time doing it and going out on a race and being able to put everything you can into that race and I guess yeah the result Obviously, you want an epic result, but yeah, performance is also pushing yourself to be the best athlete you can be on the day. Yeah, because we often talk about how the performance is, I mean, it's about putting your, your best race out there. If you put out your best race, then often you, you're happy with the results, regardless of yeah, the, exactly. the position. It's quite early in the season, and uh, so what are the, what's the current training looking like for you at the moment? Yeah, yeah, so it's definitely early in the season. Our... I guess our season runs a lot differently to most European and American countries We, because we generally chase the summer for rowing, which is pretty awesome, but we've come off our a bit of a racing and summer uh, block earlier in the year, and now we're into winter training, um, just doing lots of miles, building, building the fitness, um, yeah, basically just putting down some Ks each day. <laughs> And are you currently uh, training in the double or are you, are you spending uh, some time in the single just uh, getting the miles done? Yeah, no, we're in the double now. We Generally over the summer, we have a lot of time spent in singles. So then leading into trials, we've done a lot of single work and not so much time in the doubles and bigger boats that are to be selected. So we had trials at the start of March. So... Once they kind of ticked over, we've been predominantly in our um, selected boats, yeah. Throughout throughout the year, Zoe, what are the most important months of the year for your training and your preparation for World Champs? Yeah, I think, to be honest, I guess they're all important in their own ways. I mean, now's pretty, even though it's a bit more of a boring time, training rides and not as many races, it's definitely really important to, you know, build that fitness and that base level. But then once we head to Europe, we're, I think we're there for about five weeks. So we'll have a few races and World Cup regattas, which will be really awesome to, one, be able to race and then gauge our speeds. And then that I guess that block after that, we come back here for five weeks. And that'll be really important as well. That I guess that'll be the fine-tuning and just making sure we're doing everything right before World Champs. Yeah, I think uh, it is, there isn't. It's very hard to pinpoint a, a specific time of the season that's that's more important than another. I mean, obviously the big race yeah, is at definitely. the end, but uh, it yeah. all it all adds up at, uh, towards the end. So we're yeah. gonna go back a little bit, and we want to talk a bit about your your results and stuff. And we're gonna get to to mm-hmm. all the the many successes that you've had. But first, is is there any difficult time or failure that you you had to go through that you think contributed? To, to some of your success later on? Yeah, I I guess in, for me, failure, you know, I guess it's all individual is what you perceive to be, you know, like the 
failures for yourself and things like that. Um, I last year I was injured for a little while, and that was probably my first. It was my first proper injury, I guess. Before that, maybe I had a bit of a sore rib or a sore back, and you're out of the boat for you know a day. But last year I got tendonitis in my forearm, and that put me out for five weeks. And I think that really made me. Um, I guess it just opened my eyes to how easy it can be to, I don't know, come across injury and things like that that can put you out of the boat so quickly and for a prolonged period of time. So I guess that really motivated me to make sure I was, I guess, just checking all the boxes you can. You know, you can never prevent injury and things like that, but just being on top of everything you can and managing yourself as best as you can and then... I don't know, I guess a couple of years ago, 2016, was obviously Olympic year, and I'd never never really had Rio Olympics, I guess, in my sight much before that, because I came up from juniors in 2013 and then under 23s, but um, yeah, as things progressed, like the Rio Olympics kind of became a, a bit of a goal and a potential opportunity for me, and then to not be selected and miss out on that, that was pretty, I guess it's pretty hard because when you're, that summer, when you're training for it and that's your goal, you you don't think about failing because I guess if you think about failure, then you're not fully focused on what you want to achieve, you know, so um, not being selected for that and going back into the single, I just, I didn't want to be there at all, I was just so over the single and I just didn't want to do another year in it but then I guess refocused my goals and then that really pushed me to yeah want to get to the top and not feel like that again and not be in a position where I was yeah going to be the one left out so yeah I think that was probably a big point for me when I realized that yeah I can do this and I want to do this and I'm going to do everything I can to do it. (laughs) As, as athletes, our parents are often our first sources of wisdom and leadership. What's the best piece, yeah. of, piece of advice or lesson your parents have taught you? Um, I think my parents, obviously, they gave me so much when I first started rowing. You know, it's not, I get, it's early mornings and, you know, I didn't have my license when I started. So mum and dad would get up and drop me to train each morning. And I think... The awesome thing about them is that they just pushed me to follow what I was passionate about. They didn't want to steer me in any direction. They didn't tell me that it was right or wrong. You know, they wanted me to just follow my heart and follow what I wanted to do. And they were just 100% behind me the whole way. And I think that's probably the best thing they've done, just fully supported me and what I wanted to achieve and, yeah, done everything they can to help me get here. Yeah, I think uh, parents they play such a crucial role, especially when you're younger. And, and as you say, when you don't, oh, you can't get around. And I mean, yeah, where we train, like the the dam is quite uh, far away. And I know the school parents to travel out to the dam every weekend. I mean, you're basically giving up like five years of weekends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to go watch yeah, your children. Right. It's a big commitment. Giving up some sleep so they can get up and drop us off at training at quarter past five in the morning. You know, like it's. It's not easy, like, hopefully I can do that for my kids one day. <laughs> yeah, I know, definitely. That's what they want to do. <laughs> so, I mean, you have have such uh, epic races over, over your under 23 years and, and now into, yeah. your senior, into your senior years. Which, which is your favorite race of your career so far? Uh, 
that's a really hard question because <laughs> I feel like every race just, you know, brings something different. Well, one of them, I don't know if it's my favourite, but my first race in the international season, like when I, my first, my first elite race was the, was World Cup 2 in um, Varese in 2015 and I was selected in the single and it was, that was just super exciting because it was my, yeah, it was like my first elite campaign so yeah, it, it was cool to see all my rowing role models just walking around and their boats beside mine and then in the semi-final for that race I was like, you know, pretty nervous and whatnot and just a little bit, I don't know, a little bit on edge, a little bit overwhelmed but I was just warming up and got in the blocks, whatever, looked to check my gates, whatnot, as you do, and my gate was basically undone. Like, I don't know how I warmed up <laughs> for, like, the past half an hour without falling out of the boat, so I was, it kind of put me on edge. I was a bit stressed, quickly did that up. This was, like, in the two-minute call, and so I just, was a little bit frantic, and then that race kind of happened. I was just, I was rowing, I wanted to win it, and so I got out in front and just rowed it to you know, across the line first, and at that time, I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of numbers in my head, so I didn't really know what, like, a good time was, or what splits you would need to hold to, you know, to, you know, get a good time for, like, like single, and then I crossed the line, stopped my stroke coach, um, and usually I could always look back on it, and, like, look at the time, and be like, oh, yeah, that was, you know, pretty, pretty solid, pretty good, but I, I just didn't that day, I was kind of a little bit away with it, and then, came in and everyone was just so excited for me and I was just like I don't I don't really know what's going on like this is just the final like you know like still got the final to go and yeah then I found out that I had broken the world record and I I guess that was a pretty memorable race for me because I didn't go on with any expectations I didn't go in to try or do anything like that it just kind of happened and then yeah it was just super exciting for me to be honest yeah yeah, that's is that's is pretty crazy because I mean most most uh, people I think when they when they get that sniff of the world record they know the conditions are good and then they they go out yeah. with a bit of purpose they're gonna watch the numbers in that that first K to make sure that they they on track or they they have a chance. Whereas that's really funny to hear that you you didn't yeah. even realize even <laughs> after you finished the race. Yeah, I just saw this number on my speed coach and I was like, okay, I'm winning. I'll just try hold this number the whole time so at least I can be consistent. And then, yeah, <laughs> that's how it happened. So that's a that's a time of seven twenty four, right? Yeah. And do you think that um, you think that you can go faster than that, or do you think that the that record will stand for a while? I'd like to think that I can go faster than that. I'd also like to think that the record can stand for a while, but. Um, yeah, you know, it's awesome to have it, but, you know, if someone else is going to go out there and beat it, then all for that as well. Like, it's cool to see everyone getting faster and, you know, speed's getting faster and time's getting broken. And Zoe, take, taking it back a bit, uh, you you spent your junior years in the quad. Um, yeah. Coming, coming off your campaigns on the junior circuit, did you know that you had some serious speed in the skull? Um... Well, coming off juniors, yeah, I'd never really thought that far ahead. I guess to move to be to racing in the single, um, I yeah, I took it as I wanted to first reach the lightweight double under twenty three level. But then once I moved into the single, I growing up through school, um, our school program was absolutely tiny. So there was just me and I had a doubles partner. And so we spent a lot of time in the single. So when I did move into the single at an elite level, I 
I loved it to be honest because I yeah I grew up learning to row in a single so it was I thought it was just yeah an awesome opportunity to be able to actually race a single and I guess coming from juniors in the quad when you know you've got four people to get in time with and um that have responsibility over the boat and its performance it was quite cool to be able to test myself um yeah in the single and I guess if things go wrong then it's on you and then if things go right then it's also you know like a product of your work and your racing so yeah I really enjoyed it what habit or routine have you adopted this season that has made the biggest difference to your performance um, oh, I can actually answer that one quite well this time. I, well, I've been doing I've been doing yoga for a while now, but I got into a routine, kind of during summer, of just making a conscious effort to just stretch before bed and do like a little bit before bed. And you know, some days I just absolutely don't want to. Some days I'll do like ten minutes and I'll call it there. But I think it's really made a difference to just keeping my body from stiffening up too much because, you know, spending all that time in rowing strokes and however many strokes we do a day, it's it's not the best for the body. So just giving it that, yeah, chance to loosen up and unwind has been really good and kept me out of physio. So I think it's working so far. And then, so what sort of um, stretching is that? Is that like, do you do like long uh, static stretches or, or is it a bit more dynamic? Uh, yeah, it's a bit of both. It's kind of like slow, dynamic, I guess. Um, some some are hold. I guess it kind of depends on how I feel. Like if I'm feeling good, I'll do a bit more dynamic moving. But okay. And more yoga. But yeah, if I'm tired, I'll usually just sit in a stretch for a while until <laughs> I have the energy to move to the other side. <laughs> And then talking about changing between uh, the boat classes, is there bigger? Mm. Is there something like that you you have to consciously think of uh, to change when you change between the double and the single? Yeah, I mean, I guess I can basically row a single high once, so <laughs> can be a bit more rough around the edges. So uh, moving into the double, I guess just thinking about um, yeah, like sitting up more and just like posture I guess so I think sometimes I can yeah get a little bit messy uh, or I wouldn't say messy but yeah a little bit more mongrel on the single so yeah just sitting up and trying to just hold um I guess effective length basically rather than just getting length or things like that for the sake of it then if you could go back and do one race over which race would you choose I'd probably do our junior quad, to be honest, in 2013. Like, we, we, we went in there with really high hopes and expectations for ourselves, and I think we just, we just threw ourselves a little bit and just didn't quite race to our, our potential. And, um, yeah, but I did love, I loved racing in the quad, and it was fun. But, yeah, we were pretty gutted after, after, um, juniors in Lithuania so I'd probably ready that one I'm sure that must have been a, a quite a disappointing result uh, taking to the fact that the year before you were part of uh, the quad that came, got a bronze medal at juniors and I'm sure that you were looking to improve your yeah the color of medal that you got yeah definitely definitely I think um yeah because you know we've been going well 
in New Zealand and things like that. So we went there, um, and off on paper we were going faster than we had been the year before. So it was all really exciting. We were all went there with like pretty high expectations of ourselves, and we wanted to perform. And then yeah, not to perform. It really did open my eyes to like okay, this isn't just, you know, New Zealand school rowing anymore when it's pretty predictable what's going to happen. I was like, this is, I mean, it is on a junior level, but, you know, it's it's competitive out there and everyone wants it just as much as you do and everyone's putting out the best athletes they can from their country. So I think that, yeah, it really opened our eyes, definitely. Yeah, and juniors can be can be pretty tricky because, you know, in the, on, on the senior stage, you're racing your competition quite a few times or you've raced them for a lot yeah. of, uh, for a number of years before, whereas juniors, you're only racing once a year and it's basically a new crew nearly every single year. So the yeah, consistency definitely. is very really hard to judge. Exactly. And one country could be, have an amazing crew one year and then, yeah, completely have a new a new lineup the next year and might not perform the same. So yeah, it's you can't predict it. You can't do too much research on your competition because there's not really any research to be done. <laughs> yeah. So Zoe, we're gonna go a bit of a full circle and go from juniors to a bit of a hypothetical situation here. You are at the okay. Olympic A final in Tokyo 2020. You've just lined up. Yeah. New Zealand has just been called out and it's seconds before the biggest race of your life. What's going on yeah. in Zoe McBride's head at that moment? Oh, I actually feel quite nervous thinking about that now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would like to think that, you know, I guess there's always going to be nerves, but I've learned to deal with nerves as a good thing because, I don't know, I guess it means it means a lot to you and it gives you a little bit of adrenaline. But I'd like to be sitting on the start line with my doubles partner and just having, just being excited, having complete faith and trust in them and just absolutely looking forward to just putting out a big performance, you know. I guess the amount of training and years that you've put in for this race, um, it's just kind of scary to think about it all comes down to the next 2K, but yeah, I think I'll be excited. <laughs> Well, that's, that's See good what we can do. Yeah, we we as as athletes, we always visualize that that final yeah. moment of lining up yeah. after four years of hard work. Yeah. So Zoe, yeah. we're gonna go into this next section where we're gonna talk a bit about advice for younger athletes uh, moving through the ranks. The first yeah. the first question is: um, Often talented, successful young athletes struggle to maintain the demands of elite training and burnout, or stop completely. Yeah. What is the key yeah. to staying focused and motivated enough throughout the seasons? You know, definitely setting, it's, it sounds cliche, but I guess setting yourself, your goals, you know, you want your long-term goals, you want your short-term goals. And I think staying motivated throughout the season is just, I mean, it's not always fun. Like there's some weeks that you absolutely just don't want to be there and rowing is hard work. But, you know, everyone feels like that because, I don't know, you've got you've got to train hard and you've got to push through that to be the best. So I guess that's when you that's when you want to think about your goals and that's when you just want to, yeah, like think about what you actually want to get out of the sport. And then I guess staying motivated as well in terms of think, do things other than just training and rowing as well. You know, keep yourself fresh and whether that's, I don't know, whatever your hobbies are or, catching up with your friends and making sure it's fun along the journey as well because you don't want to get caught up in 
just the training and what you want to achieve and not have fun along the way, you know? I think that's that's really important to me and I think that's why, yeah, I've enjoyed it and been going well so far. Zoe, what, what habits gets underrated or ignored by younger athletes that is essential to success? Mm. I think it's definitely like the managing yourself off water. I think, um, you know, when you're training, you're on the rock, you're on the water or on the erg or whatever, um, working hard. But then I guess if you're not looking after yourself in between, then that's when, you know, the little cracks can appear. So that's even like just stretching and just like getting your good nutrition and resting when you need a rest. Because I think if you, we put our bodies under so much stress and if we're not doing all, everything we can right, then, I mean, you only have, like, a certain amount of energy, and if all your energy is going into training and then you're not looking after yourself and the other aspects of your life, like, something else is going to give. So I think, yeah, it's just it's just definitely, like, doing all the small things right, you know, crossing the T's and dotting the I's, and, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's something that, um, it's, it's something you have, to, you have to learn yourself. You can't really get told yeah. it because you're, like, you finish school and everything is like so exciting often you you start yeah. university and now the rowing is getting more serious and then there's just so much going on i think it's something you have to learn over those next few years to to make sure that what yeah. you're doing off the bat off the water is 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 also in line with uh, your goals on the water yeah definitely and sometimes i mean as bad as it is sometimes it takes like injury or something to go wrong for you to realize that okay you're a training and your performance that yeah everything's done yeah definitely so uh, going on to to the New Zealand team and the and the training you guys do the the New Zealand team seems at least from the outside that it's it's changed quite a bit over the last few years. I mean it's grown from uh, from obviously the focus is always the small boats, but the the team looks like it's a whole lot bigger than it was even four or five years ago. Now sporting yeah. the eights and and really starting to be one of the biggest um, forces on the world rowing circuit what is what is it what is it like to be in that team that's just growing and has so much momentum it's really exciting to be a part of um yeah i guess when i started coming up the ranks when juniors they they had a few big boats well they had a couple of quads but yeah predominantly it was really small boat focused and so yeah to come up and see them start developing eights and then looking at fours and things like that as well it's it's so cool because I don't know, it's just having more athletes there and I think, you know, you just feed off each other and you feed off the excitement of each other and then for, um, yeah, like the juniors and the under-23s that are coming into the program as well, to have all these athletes around that it's just, it's so good for them to learn and for them to see how it all works and to get a good foot in the door in, in terms of getting into the system and yeah, it's awesome. I think it's really exciting to have a big team. You know, when you go on tour, it's it's fun to be a bigger team rather than, you know, New Zealand, a small team, which I guess in juniors and things like that, we had a few boats and you'd see some countries in the hotel and they would fill every boat class. And it, that was just amazing. We were just over, like gobsmacked by how many people um, they would have in their team. So, yeah, it's cool to, that we're starting to become one of those teams and then to be able to put... Um, performances behind it as well it's really cool you know from the results you can definitely see that new zealand not only has a big team but has the has a success in multiple divisions and boat classes mm. this next question 
is leads on from that. Which athlete that is not a rower do you admire the most from New Zealand? And I know Hamish Bond is a track cyclist <laughs> and it's a potential loophole, but you cannot choose him. Um, oh, that's, that's a tough question. Um, yeah, I guess I would have to say Richard McCaw, you know, all black player. Um, he's definitely always been one of them. He, when I was younger, you know, growing up, you know, everyone gets behind the rugby and he was just this amazing leader and player and yeah, he he has like a movie that came out a few years ago as well and it's such a good watch. He's just, yeah, on and off the field. He was an amazing role model and I think, yeah, I'd probably have to go with him. Uh, I feel like it, you wouldn't be a real Kiwi if you didn't choose Richie Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's true. That's true question. <laughs> So then going back to, to the rowing side of things, um, I mean, you often in a lot of interviews with the, the New Zealand team and stuff, you, you guys talk about the, the competitive environment that, that you mm. train in the whole time. Is that during all training or is it like specific days of the week or, or is it just consistently big competition between that, the crews? I guess, yeah, it's definitely not every single session, but usually, you're, you know, you're always out there with another boat and um yeah i guess when we have squad sessions or pacing side-by-side sessions that is definitely competitive i mean you wouldn't be at the top of your sport if you weren't a competitive person so when you put a whole heap of those people out on the water and you're doing yeah squad pieces or you're doing a pacing row it yeah it can get a little bit out of control but, you know, that's what makes the program work so well and that's what makes um, boats go fast. So, yeah, it's good. <laughs> what uh, What is a, a pacing row? Uh, I guess that's just, for example, like us and the women's pair will go out, um, you know, like we're training partners, so we'll go up for a row and then, I don't know, we'll be sitting at 20 rate, but we'll be trying to get the fastest boat speed and then, yeah, so one boat will be pushing the pace and the other boat is trying to either you know, push in front or stay beside and yeah, it just kind of cat and mouse is all the way home. Okay. Yeah, we do. We would just call that uh, competitive steady. Or but, Jacko steady. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Um, and then in the, in the Kiwi Pairs book, they speak a lot about like the, the, the distance that they row and do you guys, is that a thing to, to row 30k sessions? Yeah, we have, we do do a couple of those. We, We've done, the furthest I've ever rode was 46k, our coach decided to challenge us one day, and <laughs> to be honest, it was, it was a pretty big mental challenge, I don't, <laughs> it was, it was horrible, but um, yeah, we, I mean, we're lucky that we can row pretty far up the lake, lucky, I guess, a loosely termed word, because <laughs> it means that we can go really far um, distances, but yeah. That is that is, is disgusting. Crazy. Forty-six kilometers in a in <laughs> so, a skull as well, or were you in a double? We day? did it. We did it in a we did it in a quad, and because we row on a dam, um, so we got up. We got up pretty far, and in the last few k, the current was so strong that in the quad, I think we were doing two minute fifty splits against this current, and we it was oh my god, that sounds day. horrible. It was raining. It was also windy. All us like go. I was. Um, like with Double Me and Jackie and then Brooke Donahue and Olivia Lowe and we just 
we were not happy girls and <laughs> we got to the top like 23 cap and then like we got out on the bank and like had a bit of a break had some food whatnot but then you just think about the row the whole way home you know it's, it just wasn't fun so <laughs> i did not enjoy it <laughs> is that then like planned before so like you know getting on the water before like okay, yeah. that you you got yeah, a... that was definitely yeah that was I think that was a role in our big week and our coach chucked it in for like our mental challenge. Um, yeah, so we we, we we were prepared for it. <laughs> Thankfully, I wouldn't like to be surprised with that one. I would not be happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just wondering, like maybe it was like a 30k row that, that suddenly turned into this mega outing. But yeah, that is seriously impressive. And then is that... Is that then done for the day? I mean, if you do a session like that, or is it? Uh, is that just then forms part of the, the? Yeah, I, I think that was us for the day. Maybe we might have had I don't know weights or something in the afternoon, but not not another session on the water. I can't I can't believe that uh, that mileage. I mean, your everyone's backs must have been broken <laughs> after that. You know, it, it, I didn't enjoy it. I, I did get injured the next day. That was, I think that didn't didn't contribute well to my forearm tendonitis. So I I won't be going up there again in a hurry. <laughs> yeah. So, Zoe, moving on with this, uh, this competitive talk, I'm sure mm. there must be a bit of competition between the sweep and sculling teams in New Zealand. <laughs> um... I guess so. Uh, I guess everyone's pretty supportive of each other, you know. If we're similar boat speeds, it's always competition. But, yeah, in general, the team just wants everyone to go fast. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's very similar for us. I mean, we, we have also the same sort of um, small boat environment, and then it's it's all about just winning yourself but then also especially when you travel then it's about uh, the whole team doing well so and i think that yeah. you can definitely see that that you guys have that same sort of uh environment as well definitely and i think you know because when you go out there and you're training with the other crews i mean where if a crew does well you know, we're also contributing to their success going out there every day and pushing them to be the best crews they can be. So even though we are in different boats, everyone is helping to push each other to be as fast as they can, you know. So it's cool to be in different boats but have that team environment. And then when, you know, when some crews do well on the team, it boosts everyone else's confidence and everyone, like, and just the vibe of the team, you know. So, yeah, it's... It's cool. It's really supportive and it's really fun and yeah, it's good. Yeah, I think um, you know when you when everyone's out there every single day chasing their dreams, it's easy to to be supportive of, of others that are doing exactly the same thing as you are. So just to 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 wrap things up, we're gonna go on to our quick fire questions. So I'm not sure if you've listened to the show before, but uh, these are questions that we we ask all the guests that that come on the show and just uh, answer them however which way you want so the first one is if you could race any boat class at the games uh, what would it be well, I feel like I have to say lightweight double because that's what I've been working towards for the past few years so that but then if I was going to say something else I'd probably say woman's aid yeah I think that I mean <clears throat> regardless of what you row in the eight is, is such a different dynamic considering that it's such a 
even compared to other boats, it's a more team-oriented boat. And the yeah. addition of a cox, you really feel like you're part of, uh, you know, one one unit, one body trying to achieve something. Definitely. I mean, it's definitely on a small scale. But at our national champs, I was um, in my, like, regional performance centres eight, and I was bouncing, and oh, I loved it. It was so <laughs> much fun. And it's like you say, you know, just that team culture and that team spirit like morale was so high and just like going down the course like I mean it's so much faster than a single obviously but it was just so cool to have to be in the bow and just see like all these women just working and just going together and just it was it was awesome it was so much fun so Zoe next one if you could choose any three people from any time and not they don't have to necessarily be rowers um, yeah. To race in a Coxless Four or Coxless Quad, who would your three crewmates be? Oh, who would I pick? Um, I feel like I would have to say Ekaterina Carsten because she is just an absolute legend in the rowing world, um, and probably the Everswindell twins because they were my role models when I started rowing growing up being a scholar and like part of the reason after watching them at the Olympics was how I got into rowing so yeah I'd probably say those three I'd probably say quad because I don't know how how I'd go sleeping but you know a four could be fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be that'd be quite a um quite a serious uh, four quad actually because uh, I think that those three three people and including you will pull as hard as possible. Those are those are some serious races that you've put in the put in the crew there. I'll I'll just let them go in front of me and I'll just tap it over and bow and just be mind blown by this amazing woman in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, when we, if there, there's that uh, interview or that coaching seminar with uh, Dick Tongs where he talks about the the Everswindals and how they mm. just pulled as hard as they could, basically every yeah. stroke of their their whole career. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah, they're amazing role models and s- such talented roles. And I've yeah met them once before, and yeah, it was very very cool. Oh, very awesome! Good answer. Uh, we'd be quite yeah. uh, keen to see that uh, that crew take to the water. Yeah, I'd love to. Hopefully, one day. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your your favorite rowing race that you find yourself watching over and over again? And it doesn't have to be one of your rowing races. Yeah, um, I guess Mahe Drysdale's race from Rio was pretty epic. But um, him and Andre Sinek is a pretty inspirational race to watch. Like just him, like just the guts of those two rowers. I pro- is probably I'd probably say that one because yeah, it's just an absolute gutsy mammoth race. Yeah, that that is yeah. quite a big race. I'm sure you you're referring to uh, Demio Martin there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no stress. I don't know why. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, the, the that, Olympic final. Obviously, she's just watching Wahi, so you don't care about, <laughs> don't care about anyone else. <laughs> you didn't we'll worry about. We didn't. Yeah, but that is such a cool race. That's a that's a good one yeah. to to choose yeah. I cannot I still can't believe how close that race was because I was watching because we were finished racing that day and yeah. we on the on the finish yeah. line I could not yeah, believe was... how close that finish was I know and just imagining what they must have been going through to 
like at that point they must have been in a world of hurt and just for us it was just amazing like that would be a that would be a either way you finish that race that is an epic race yeah Yeah, because because like in a in a single it's it's as you said it's it's just you and then suddenly like you find yourself next to to next to another person and you you both just going stroke for stroke for like I mean they they next to each other for ages down the track and just taking blows and uh yeah no that must be i think that's where the single is in its in its, in its real element yeah yeah definitely definitely and yeah it's just like you versus him you know it's pretty cool <laughs> so zoe the next question if you were if you were in charge of wool rowing what would you change what would i change i don't know i feel like just i don't think it's run pretty well i'd probably bring a couple more regattas to this side of the world new zealand or australia but um yeah probably not a lot to be honest (laughs) i'd have to i'd have to be involved for a few years to to really yeah come up with an answer to that yeah nice diplomatic answer diplomatic there i see playing the cards (laughs) playing the cards close to the chest Um, then in, uh, in your, your athlete of the month that you did for world rowing in 2016, you said that your 2k PB was a 658. Has that yeah. gotten, uh, quicker since then? Oh, that, that's a heartbreaking question. Um, it's got, it's got a little bit quicker. It's gone from like maybe a 0.6 to a 0.0, but, um, yeah, trials, I, like we always have a 2k, we get trials, and I went in with pretty high um, goals for myself, and I just, I managed to blow pretty big, I was on target for a good score, I managed to blow pretty big, and it just, yeah, so Matt, hopefully we'll get it down, and get it down next time. Yeah, there's nothing like a, like a erg trial to, to humble you. Yeah, shit. When you... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Cool, but I mean, yeah, you must. Uh, we're ex- excited to see you go a bit quicker than that because yeah. the world record's not uh, not far off there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's a few more years, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's easy, easier said than done, you know. No, for sure. It doesn't sound like a lot on paper, but man, it hurts a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> and sure. that's and at the top of the game, it's it's such small margins as well. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah. When you're happy with 0.5 of a PB at this level, you know, like when you're at school, you can PB by 10 seconds at a time, but <laughs> this time it's kind of like, yeah, looking for that point of a second, so, yeah. Yeah. All right, Zoe, so this brings us to the last question of the interview. If you had to choose a different sport to go to the Olympics in, what would it be and why? I would probably choose running. Or, like, in athletics, maybe 5K, 5K run or something like that. I, to be honest, I just really enjoy running. So, it's not like, um, yeah, I just, it's a cool sport. I like to be able to run as cross-training because it's just nice. You're outside. Um, I don't know. It's just therapeutic, I feel. So, yeah, we go with that. <laughs> No, no big, amazing 
not. So just just enjoy it. Do you um do you do much running on your uh, New Zealand program, or is that more of a session that you do in your own training? Yeah, we don't do it on the in our program. It's kind of more in our off time. But generally, being me, I <laughs> run a little bit too far and a little bit too fast, so I always injure myself a little bit because I forget that rowing's not a weight-bearing sport, so my joints aren't actually <laughs> prepared for the big run. But, um, yeah. Just, yeah, just and we, because we do quite a bit of running in, in our program, and the lightweights are yes. definitely built for running as well. They can uh, put yeah. out some really quick times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it is fun. I, I wish we did a bit more of it, but, yeah, yeah. you know. It's also... Maybe one day. It's also quite frustrating as a heavyweight where you see lightweights finishing six minutes before you. <laughs> yeah. As it is a, a lightweight sport, it is not a heavyweight sport. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I guess lightweights have a lot less to move along the path than, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, that's a, that's a wrap for us. So thanks so much. Sorry about all the, the, the drama in the beginning of the... Oh, uh, no, that's absolutely fine. Glad that we could pull through. <laughs> yeah, and uh, get such a such a cool chat. So yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, no, thank you so much. I was stoked when you guys asked. So, yeah. yeah, thanks, Zoe. And uh, hope hope the training goes well. And hopefully we will see you at some point overseas. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, hopefully that would be cool. And that's a wrap for episode 17 with Zoe McBride. Please be sure to look out for our show every week. Next week we have a different but intriguing show for you guys. So I'm sure you will enjoy. Once again, please share the show and rate us. You can also go follow us on Instagram at The Row Show where we post some of our behind the scenes action and upcoming content. Cheers. Tops. I'm not going to say anything stupid now. I hope that was all recording.